Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Back so soon? God, didn't we just get done doing one of these? It feels like it, but I guess it's time to do it. I'm here, you're here. Let's get her done. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Perception is Reality. I am Christopher H. Bilbrey. I want to say real quick before we get started, thank you to those of you who are here for the first time, and thank you to those who are here as a repeat customer. A big thank you goes out to everybody who has listened to episode 70, specifically to those that listened in the first 12 hours and the first 24 hours. Episode 70 was the first show that I've done since I've been doing this podcast that was not really about politics. It's also the largest amount of downloads and the largest amount of listens in the first 12-hour period and the first 24-hour period that I have ever had. And I want to say thank you to all of you. And let's keep that going. Let's see if we can just every time beat it by a little bit. So hopefully this one you're listening to, if you are, pass it around to everyone you know. If you're here listening, then you know how to get to it. When you tell people how to find the show, let them know that there are several ways to listen. You can listen from the home link, perception.fireside.fm, but that really is only designed to help people get to it. Once you're there at perception.fireside.fm, you see on the front page that there are all these little buttons down below where it says RSS, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Google Play, CastBox, Castro, Overcast, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, or TuneIn. If you click on that corresponding link or that corresponding button, which is what it looks like on the page, it will take you to that very player. So if you have iTunes or Apple Podcast, that's the same thing. Apple Podcast is iTunes. iTunes is Apple Podcast. If you have an iPhone and you have iTunes and you listen to other music and other podcasts on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, click on that. If you have an Android and you use Google, then click on Google Podcasts or Google Play. If you like Radio Public or iHeartRadio or Spotify or Stitcher, use that one. Using those players 
are what is supposed to help you have a better experience listening to the show. Because if you have to stop in the middle and come back to it, using Google Podcast or Stitcher or Spotify or Apple Podcast allows you to be able to click on the episode easily and fast forward to where you left off. Whereas if you're listening at the home link of perception.fireside.fm, if you're listening on desktop you're able to do the same thing. Fast forward, rewind, or drop the cursor anywhere in the time bar on an episode. However, if you're listening on your mobile device, which is what I believe the majority of people listen to podcasts and music today on, their mobile phones or or devices such as that, it doesn't let you. Now, I want you to know that I did send in a work order to the network to the fireside.fm people and i told them hello can we look into fixing this because it's really a problem i also let them know that a couple of you were saying you were having trouble getting perception.fireside.fm to work you couldn't either get it pulled up or you could get it pulled up and it was only letting you listen to like 5 or 6 minutes before stopping To that, I say, if anybody ever has any trouble listening to anything on the show, any episode or any type of issue, please let me know so that I can get you a good link and a good way to listen to the show. That's why I implore you, don't listen from the home link. I mean, if that's your only choice, okay, great, do it. I don't want you to miss the show. But you should be picking Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. And I know some of those takes a little bit for the show to get uploaded once it's finally on the home link. But Google Podcast has it right away. Stitcher has it right away. I believe Radio Public has it right away. Apple Podcast and a few of the others take... A little bit, but not not too long. So just look at that. If you have trouble, let me know. I want to make sure you're getting the show. If you can, and most importantly, please remember to share the show with people you know. Your friends, your family, your coworkers, your neighbors, people on social media. It just takes a second, and you guys are doing a hell of a good job at this because... We continue to increase in downloads and listens each and every episode. You guys are really, really doing a good job. So I want to thank you for that. I also want to say thank you for what you did listening to episode 70. It wasn't about politics. It was kind of a personal story. And the amount of people that listened to that, specifically in the first 12 and 24 hours... And then it also lets me monitor how many people listen, you know, each day or six days out, 12 days out, you know, whatever. So I always get to see that. And it's still growing. But being the biggest show that I've had within the first 12 hours and then in the first 24 hours, it really means something. So as we continue to go on, I will do more shows like that. I can't wait to get to episode 100 so I can drop the stupid zero. Like, for example, this is episode 
71, so I call it 071. I do that because I, I couldn't abide having nine episodes of one digit, episode one through nine, and then episodes 10 through 99 being two digits, and then episodes 100 and on being three digits. I guess I didn't think what happens when I get into the thousands, one problem at a time. I just, (laughs) that's a little bit of the OCD there. Uh, So never mind. But I want to thank you for being here today. We're going to start getting into a little bit of national politics along with our local politics because the presidential race is starting to pick up a little bit in intensity. We're not too far out from the Iowa caucus. And so I'm going to start focusing a little bit more each and every time on national politics and just recently on Tuesday the 14th of January the Democrats held their 100th debate of the election season already and I feel like there are 243 or 242 Democrat candidates what Oh yeah, Cory Booker dropped out. So that means there are 241 Democrat candidates. And out of all 241, there's not one of them that is worth a damn in the whole bunch. Look, whether or not you like Trump or you don't like Trump or you hate Trump, there is no Democrat that is currently running that will be able to remotely come close to making it a challenge. And like normal, the libertarians are having an identity crisis. That's just kind of par for the course. The libertarians don't know who they are. They don't know who they want to be when they grow up. And they will not come close to being a serious contender in a national election for president, probably in our lifetime. In my lifetime, I don't think I'll ever see that. I I just don't know what they're doing, and I'm not 100% sure they know what they're doing either. Just pick a lane and stay in it. You know, I get this whole no rules, just right type of mentality and attitude that they have, but damn, I mean, being able to identify who you are, who your leaders are, what your values are, even however limited all of that might be, really would go a long way to helping win the war against the two-party system. I mean, I get that there are libertarians that are left-leaning, and there are libertarians that are right-leaning, and everybody doesn't want anybody else to be in charge, and they don't need a whole party leadership because that's the whole problem with the Democrats and the Republicans, and there's nobody going to tell me what to do and how to act and how to think, and I get all of that. I get every bit of that, but the problem also is... Since nobody's in charge and there's no national organization and there's no organization, period, it's kind of just like a freak show. If you go and you look at the majority of the online libertarian groups, the different things just on the internet, on Facebook, you have some really smart people in these groups that would do a lot of good. And they do a lot of great work. But the majority of the libertarian groups that I have been a part of 
and that I have snuck around and looked and been active in are just a bunch of people yelling and fighting at each other. The majority of what they're doing is posting cute little memes trying to be more intellectually funny than their rival, which, by the way, is also another libertarian. But after fighting with each other, then they get back to posting memes either in support or against Trump, and there's nothing of value to what they're doing. They're sitting back waxing philosophically about this thought or this belief or what they would do here or there, but they're not in the actual trenches doing the work. Get out on the street, beat the doors, get your candidates in office, have a little bit of an idea on who you actually are, where you want to go, and how you plan to get there, and maybe you can make a difference. But until then, the libertarians remain a goofy little group of people who on one side are trying to prove how conservative they are within the Libertarian Party. And on the other side, they're trying to prove how liberal they are. And they just keep fighting against the middle. I do want to give one little caveat here. At the local level and the state level, I do know some wonderful Libertarians. They are well thought out. They run some great races. They actually have a chance of winning and maybe going further with their career inside the Libertarian Party. But when I'm referring to the Libertarians here, I'm referring to the vast majority of Libertarians that you would find online, on Facebook, and kind of more at the national level. It's strange in this case, it seems like the Libertarians on a more localized level tend to be better in thought than a group of libertarians. And maybe that's kind of the problem, but they're going to have to find out a way to overcome that. Or they're going to have to just understand that they aren't really candidates to run for office and the libertarian party is moreover just kind of a think tank. And until they prove to me otherwise, that's how I look at them. They're there for thought, they're there for funny memes, but they're not really serious specifically on the national level for running for national office. Definitely not president. And until they get their act together, they're going to have to leave it up to the Republicans and the Democrats. And I'll tell you right now, like right now and for the foreseeable future, the Democrats do not have a candidate that can beat Trump. They just, they just don't. And it's that very reason right there that is leading me to make this official statement right here in episode 71 of Perception is Reality. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! I've made this statement before on social media, in posts, in blog writings, and I believe in a live episode or two, but I'm saying on the record right now, in this episode, Hillary Rodham Clinton will be the Democrat Party presidential candidate against Trump in the general election of 2020. And that's going to happen because right now, even though 
there are as many Democrat candidates as there currently are, not one of them is worth a damn. I watched that debate all prepared to write down information to cover in this episode. And it was a snooze fest. These people are so boring, it's not even funny. There is absolutely no excitement there. There's no great, yeah, here come the people. These are some great Democrat candidates. There's no sizzle. It's all fizzle. And I just, I don't understand where the excitement is. Everyone's going on about how much they hate this man and how bad he is and what a national disaster this has been and he must be beaten. But nobody's going on about how they plan to do it and what they're going to do different and why they're the person to beat him. They're so consumed by the hate of this man that it blinds them to what they have to do to try and win a campaign against him. Now, I don't think there's anything that they can do to beat him. He is going to win the 2020 election, whether it's one of those clowns or even if it's Hillary. It does not matter. I'm just saying the current lineup of Democrats on the stage, not including Hillary Clinton, will not, cannot beat Donald Trump. And if Hillary Clinton is the nomination, well then it'll just be a repeat of 2016 all over again. I just don't think currently the Democrats under their new progressive style of politics have what it takes to defeat Donald Trump. And I'm not saying that because I'm waving the banner for him. I mean, yes, I voted for him. And if one of those people currently in consideration gets the nomination, I will absolutely vote for him again. And definitely, if it's Hillary Clinton on the other side, I will vote for him again. And so will the majority of the rest of America. It's kind of like one of those times that you hold your nose, you go into the ballot box, and you press the button not doing what's fun, not doing what you necessarily want to do, but doing what needs to be done. And that is a common way to vote. I've done that a lot of times, and I'll do it many more times in the future. And those of you that vote, which should be all of you, know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes you don't necessarily vote for somebody but you're voting against someone else. And look, don't get me wrong. I like a lot of what Trump's done. I hate a lot of other things that he's done. You know, I am not apologizing for him blowing the Iranian terrorist up. I'm just not going to do it. There are other things, ups and downs, things I like, things I don't. One thing that I have a problem with is... All of the self-inflicted wounds that Trump always brings on himself. That kind of shit is just completely irritating and uncalled for, and I agree. But I don't agree so much that I would vote for Hillary Clinton or Elizabeth Warren. And most common-sense Americans, I don't necessarily mean right-leaning, I don't necessarily mean left-leaning, I mean just Common sense, everyday, normal Americans say the same thing. 
yeah, we know Trump is an idiot. We know he can be an asshole. I know he doesn't have any couth. I understand he's kind of dumb, but I can't buy into the far left-leaning, whacked-out progressivism that Hillary Clinton and others even further than her try to sell and or cram down our throats. That doesn't mean that I can't agree with people that consider themselves Democrats on the local level. It doesn't mean that I'm not friends with a lot of good people that are Democrats. It's just where I come from. It's like this impeachment thing. I don't buy into this impeachment. For those people that really hate Trump and that they want him gone and they don't want him to win this re-election in 2020... What they don't realize is this impeachment game is pushing him further into the win column rather than allowing this election to just play out. The problem is not Trump at this point. The problem is if you're a Democrat and you hate Trump, you have to understand that you or your side have not put up a candidate that can beat him. And playing games like this impeachment nonsense, all that does is further his political power among his supporters, the base, and Republicans. Meanwhile, the Dems aren't even offering an actual candidate or candidates that could come close to beating him in 2020. Looking a little closer at this impeachment, steps were taken on Thursday, January January 16th, 2020, that bring the impeachment proceedings a little closer to reality. Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts was at the Capitol building being sworn in by Senator Chuck Grassley to preside over the impeachment trial. The trial will actually start Tuesday, January 21st, 2020. After Chief Justice Roberts was sworn in, he then in turn swore in the senators and he called on them to render impartial justice. The senators, as you may or may not know, will act as jurors in the impeachment trial that will start on Tuesday the 21st. After Chief Justice John Roberts and the senators were sworn in. The seven House of Representative managers, named by House of Representative Speaker Nancy Pelosi, gathered in the Senate chamber so that the lead manager, Representative Adam Schiff, formally read the resolution appointing the managers as well as he read the two articles of impeachment approved by the House last month. The seven managers will act as the prosecution that will present the case. Chief Justice John Roberts will act as the judge. The senators will act as the jury. And the president and his attorneys will, of course, be the defense. The prosecution, or the seven House of Representatives managers, are made up all of representatives, congressmen and women, from the House of Representatives, and those seven managers include Representative Adam Schiff, Representative Jerry Nadler, Representative Zoe Lofgren, Representative Hakeem Jeffries, Representative Val Demings, 
Representative Jason Crow and Representative Sylvia Garcia. What I like about this is a good majority of these folks have written endlessly about the need to impeach Trump, and they have been all very much involved with the whole show me the man, I'll show you the crime type of mentality where it doesn't matter what he's done, we're going to say it was wrong, and he's committed a crime before we even know what he's done. And that is why I think that this is the biggest crock of bullshit going that this whole thing has been a setup. And the fact that they're going to be so upset and screaming, I can tell you now, and it's not even started, they're going to be saying that the Republicans are not being partial, that they are not taking this serious, and they're not taking their constitutional duties to heart, that they are just letting the president off because he's a Republican. And yet, they didn't have any problem when they were acting in the completely partisan way that they were acting during their portion of the impeachment inquiry in the House the last few months. It's just been maddening to understand that this is so partisan and that no longer do you have the term partisan hack when you have all these people involved and this certain person over here, well, that's a partisan hack because everybody is a partisan hack. By the way, if you weren't familiar or if you've forgotten what the articles of impeachment say, they are as follows. Article 1 of the House resolution alleges the president abused his power because he used his position to solicit foreign interference in the 2020 election in the Ukraine affair. And Article 2 outlines how Democrats believe the president obstructed Congress by blocking administration officials from providing testimony or documents. After Representative Shifty Schiff was done reading the articles of impeachment, the president was then summoned and given the chance to respond, which he will have until noon on Monday the 20th to do that. President Trump will be primarily represented by two attorneys, White House counsel Pat Cifalone and Jay Skulo, a private attorney who's represented Trump in the Russia investigation. And then basically that was the end. With Martin Luther King Day being Monday, everybody left and will be gone until Tuesday morning. The impeachment trial will get underway on, as I said, Tuesday, January 21st. And it'll be interesting to see. This is only the third time in American history that this has occurred. And it's going to be interesting because the senators will have to face conditions they're not normally used to. 
They're going to have to sit at their seats in their desk area. They will not be able to talk to each other. And moreover, they will not be able to have their cell phones. So this is going to be quite an interesting look at what occurs during this impeachment trial. And I can tell you, the senators are absolutely going to be on edge, I think, without their devices in their hand, because you can tell a lot of times, even when they're in there doing serious business, most of them tend to be on their phones, which is, in my opinion, ridiculous. So this is going to be interesting. I will tell you that because the Republicans control the Senate, everyone is expecting the vote to be a vote of acquittal on both articles of impeachment which means this has all been for naught. I, of course, will be paying attention to the impeachment and will have updated information for you all during episodes 62 and 63, which will fall on Tuesday the 21st and Saturday the 25th. So keep it tuned here for all of your impeachment information. Moving on from national politics, I didn't want you to think that was it. I do have information closer to home. We will get to that just after this quick break. You're listening to Perception is Reality, episode 71. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. We'll be right back. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A Teenager. Learning the Lingo. Today, I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous, as in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. This is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. All right, folks, welcome back to the... <laughs> what? Is that really what that means? Okay, <clears throat> Stand by here a second, folks. So I guess I could have just stopped this, or I could cut this out at any point, but stand by. Oh, my God. So, of course, these are recorded, and I do edit them if there's mistakes or if I cough or sneeze. But generally what happens is... When I record an episode, it might take me three or four hours to record one 45 or 50 minute segment because I record different parts and different segments and I put it together. 
And there's a first part, a second part, and then there's the editing of the music and doing all of that stuff. And I'm running a 12-channel mixer board here and doing all of that. And so, to you, 35 seconds ago, I just said, you're listening to Perception is Reality, and we'll be back after this quick break. And then the ad played, and the bumper music started. In real time, when I actually said the words, we'll be right back, that was about an hour ago, because I said, we'll be right back. I then stopped the recording... And I put the advert in, and I picked the bumper music. I then loaded it, and I started reading through some news stories here on one of my monitors here as I was finishing a radio program that I was listening to in the background. The news articles and the radio program were both going over the impeachment. And I started to end the program to turn it down and start to then record again right as I heard the radio host say that they thought that the impeachment trial of Donald Trump could possibly last as long as six weeks. Now, I know to you, just a few moments ago, I said, when we come back from break, we will get into local politics, and we will get into local politics. Hold on, I got to turn that bumper music fade it down. Hold on here. All right, sorry about that. Uh, so I'm just dumbfounded. I've, I've never really done this before and just let it go. You're seeing a little bit of behind the podcast magic here. Sorry, this is probably really goofy. But hearing him say that this trial could last six weeks blew my freaking mind. What I should have done or could do or should do right now is stop this from recording and cut all this crap out and come back and talk about local politics or even cut that out and come back and talk about just the impeachment. I am going to keep my word to you, even though you're not hearing this until after the fact, but in real time, it blew my mind as I was coming back on. They're saying six weeks. That is a long, long freaking time. I mean, they just said two weeks for opening statements, possibly. That's both sides, and I just, that blows my mind. Now, there's a good chance that it probably won't take that long. You know, maybe it'll take four weeks, and to me, that still seems crazy. Four weeks on this impeachment would seem very long. Hell, the Iowa caucus is on the 3rd of February, and that's, you know, as we're out now, that's just, you know, two full weeks and two days out. So, you know, this could be going longer than the Iowa caucus. The State of the Union address is set for February 4th. When I heard this, I assumed that would all be wrapped up. I figured maybe two weeks at the longest, and I figured that might be kind of long. I mean, looking back, I think the Clinton thing lasted just a little short, uh, maybe a month, maybe right at, maybe four weeks might be realistic, but six weeks, man, that to me seems crazy. And on nothing... Now, I just, folks, I mean, think back, well, 
I've been a police officer and I've worked in the prosecutor's office and I've been a part of and set through long trials before. Long, horrendous trials. I was part of and set through the full trials for both the state of Indiana versus Jess David Woods and the state of Indiana versus Tony French. They were both arrested and charged with the cold case murder homicide of Teresa French in May of 1993. It was a cold case homicide that took 16 years to solve and bring to trial. Well, really, it was pretty much solved pretty early on, but it took that long to get the evidence that was needed to make it happen and bring those men to justice. And I bring that up because both of those trials were long. They were two of the longest trials that I've ever been a part of. I mean, you know, you think about the O.J. Simpson trial that went on for, I don't know, it was like 15 years or something. I mean, in all seriousness, I believe it lasted 11 or 12 months, and that is massively long. But locally, you know, trials like that don't happen, and most trials are half of a day, a day, two or three days if it's a big trial, and some of the bigger, bigger murder, child molestation, rape, or major armed robbery cases last, you know, maybe a week, maybe a week and a day, you know, something like that, but trials lasting longer than a week and a half around here is really kind of uncommon and pretty much unheard of. So sitting through both of those men's trials on that extremely important, extremely emotional cold case homicide was very intense. They were both long trials. As I said, one of them was five or five and a half weeks long, and the other was six or six and a half weeks long. And again, these were very intense, important, and emotional trials because this was a 16-year-old cold case homicide. And in fact, they ended up making an NBC Dateline episode out of this case, which is just kind of amazing to think about. But the reason I bring this up is, you know, sitting through those trials, you just think, when is this going to end? And now being a part of the court or being part of the prosecution or part of the defense, you kind of have an idea of how long it's going to last. But still, when you're only five days into what could be a six-week-long trial or you're two and a half weeks into what could be a six-week-long trial, it gets to the point where it seems like it's never going to end and it gets to be tedious. Now throw in the fact that it's the impeachment trial for the President of the United States, and there have only been two others before this one ever in history, meaning this will be the third impeachment trial that the nation has ever been through. That means there's a lot riding on this for everyone involved. Now look at the fact that the senators are going to, like I said earlier, going to be pretty uncomfortable because they're going to be made to sit at their desks in their seat. They're not going to be able to have their phones. They have to check their phones in the cloakroom, and they can't have newspapers 
or books or any other types of distraction, they're not even sure if they're going to be allowed to talk to each other during this. And I just see this trial being absolutely crazy for them. And it's going to be fun to watch because it's going to literally be like looking at something from back before all the distractions that we currently now have today where people, even like me, who think, oh, phones are such a pain in the ass, I don't know, it makes me feel a little twitchy because of the fact that these men aren't going to have any way to look. They're going to have to take it serious. God, I can't believe that this could take that long. That's just nuts. So, as I've already said, we will definitely be keeping our eye on all of this and be reporting to you what occurs. Uh, I'm sorry that this has occurred and I didn't come back from break immediately kicking into local politics, but that's the first time that's happened. I probably should have just cut all that other babble out. But it'll be interesting to look back and see that because instead of other recordings where I've recorded a piece and then went back in and recorded a piece and then put it all together, at least this is a full live two-tape recording. So, I don't know, maybe that doesn't mean anything to anybody else. But on the local front, there is a lot going on. Of course, we have wrapped up the third week of January. That means... That's technically the second official full week of this new year, and the new administrations everywhere in the state of Indiana are underway, and things have been a little bumpy, things have been good, things have been interesting, and there's a lot going on. In Winchester, it's just been quiet. I, I don't really know what's going on, and we have another council meeting coming up on Monday the 27th. That'll be the first Winchester council meeting I have attended this year, and we do have some things that I'm following there. So I'll report on that then. Basically, other than that, everything's been fairly quiet in Winchester. I can tell you that we're this far into the month, and I'm still unsure if our mayor is a full-time mayor or not. We do have a couple other county things currently going on in Randolph County that I'm starting to pay attention to, as well as what's currently still going on in Union City, and I will be digging more into that as we progress forward. Anderson has its craziness going on. Of course, it has a re-elected incumbent mayor, so there's all of the blah that goes with that because I feel like some citizens are not happy, and I, I haven't actually broke down the election over there, so I don't know what occurred, but I'm going to be getting more focused into Anderson as well with a few other citizens who are on the home front over there. And in Muncie, where we're seeing the most action, so that's where my attention has been, uh, things are are kind of interesting. The council's doing a fantastic job, and it seems like the council has a handle on at least what the citizens want, which is slowing the government down, 
taking a look at what's happening before making decisions, and really doing what the citizens are wanting, which is nothing illegal, nothing wrong, nothing corrupt, and taking a look at what money's being spent where, how, when, and why. Now, from the administration, the mayor's side, things are still kind of up in the air, and I don't know if that is attributed to the fact that he's new, attributed to the fact that he walked into what they're considering is just a whole bunch of mess, and those are not my words, that's words from his administration. I know they're having headaches with accounts that are way negative. I mean, way, way negative. And they're currently saying that the city is like $3 million in the red in some accounts. And so that's never any good. They're trying to take a look currently what's going on. I know that there continues to be a problem with communication. Citizens are saying this. I am saying it. Officials are saying it, and city employees are saying that they're having trouble getting through to the mayor or an authorized speaker for the mayor. I don't really know what's going on. I don't know why that's happening. I hope that he hits the ground running here really soon and starts being able to multitask and, more importantly, delegate. But when we're having officials talking about the lack of communication while in meetings when they're being picked up on hot mics, you know that there's a problem. I'm looking at different boards and the actions of what's going on in the Muncie Sanitary District. We have a lot of craziness going on there. Of course, the FBI has been looking into the Sanitary District. I personally believe that Bill Smith, which is the president of the Muncie Sanitary District Board, is just an absolute king of corruption and is the leader of the cesspool. I believe that his cohorts, Joe Evans and Mike Klein, are just yes-men. They go along for whatever the king wants, and that's just normally not what's best for the citizens of Muncie. Matter of fact, it's Bill Smith and Joe Evans and Mike Klein who are on the Muncie Sanitary District Board who I believe that Mayor Ridenauer's biggest fight and first fight is getting ready to be with, and I absolutely back Mayor Ridenauer here. I believe that Bill Smith is not a good official. He is not good for the city of Muncie. He does what's best for him. He does what's best for Nikki Grigsby, who, in my opinion, shouldn't have a damn thing to do with the city of Muncie. She's currently under indictment, and I, I know for a fact that Bill Smith still involves her on the goings-on of Muncie Sanitary District business, even though he's not supposed to. Now, I know, I know, for those of you out there that are aware of the ruling of the federal judge that said she could help, that's basically 
a last resort and only to find paperwork. That is not supposed to be her being involved in hirings and firings and and the going on. And the fact that she's on quote-unquote unpaid leave while having some 3,000 hours of banked, donated, in my opinion, fraudulent time. And I don't know, some of that falls on her, some of that falls on Bill Smith. I believe they should both share a pair of handcuffs while walking to the federal courthouse. That's what would be in the best interest of Muncie, because both of these people haven't been looking out for you, the citizens of Muncie, uh, in a very, very long time, if if ever. And so I'm going to be following that. I'm going to be following everything else going on in Muncie. I'm going to be following Winchester. I've got a couple of one-on-one interviews that are getting ready to start popping up. Uh, again, I apologize. <laughs> I've just really been thrown off during this portion of the segment. Hearing that could take six weeks. That's crazy. But of course, we'll be following the impeachment. We'll be following the national 2020 election, as well as the 2020 elections on the local and state levels, as the filing deadline gets ready to approach on the 7th of February, which is just about three weeks' time. Of course, we'll have that and a whole lot more. You're listening to Perception is Reality. We'll be right back. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this 71st episode of Perception is Reality called Fizzle Not Sizzle. Please share this episode with everyone you know. We had a large turnout for episode 70. I'd like to keep that going. Remember to share the show with everyone you know. We can be found on all major podcast hosting sites as well as the home link, perception.fireside.fm. Remember, it's important to continue your education in all of this and to stay active and involved. And there's no place better to do that than right here. God bless and look forward to talking to you soon. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com or get off your butt and call the show at 765 546 9796. Till next time, remember, perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.